Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Due to budget cuts, the segment on cleaning pipe cleaners had to be canceled. We couldn't get it out of layaway. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, it's sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on a uh, cool spring evening here in Concord, North Carolina, in uh, tonight's show. And Pipe Part's going to talk about a, uh, a uh, I did an experiment. All right, I did a seven-day quantity of smoking experiment, so I'll talk about that and the reason I did that. Uh, my guest tonight is Phil Rivara, pipe maker, and uh, and he also makes walking sticks, so we'll talk to him about that. Uh, music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on a jam-packed episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, but first, let's get the important thing out of the way. Yesterday, yesterday, the FDA announced, uh, and it came out through the Cigar Rights of America people, uh, that they are suspending the uh, any further deadlines uh, on the uh, tobacco legislation for 90 days. They are suspending it purely to take a look at the legislation and let the new FDA director and the uh, Department of Health and Human Services get their hands on it. Now, uh, yeah, they want they want to see what exactly they've gotten themselves into. These are all new people. Um, now the impetus for this is that the, uh, the cigar folks have gotten a good momentum going and there's a lawsuit coming up in August. Let me, let me give you a couple of things. One, uh, this is only, this is similar to the execution night and, uh, the governor rings the phone at two minutes to midnight and says, uh, you know what? let's all sleep on it give them another meal and we'll see what's going on all right this is not anything uh, dramatic to celebrate it's just an extension or a suspension of all further of all upcoming deadlines now uh the fda has not yet hit any of their deadlines really except for the free samples uh that one went into effect last august every other deadline has been pushed off at least six months, and we've yet to really incur them. So, what does this mean? I don't know. We'll find out in another uh, 90 days or so, and uh, we'll find out uh, the end of August when uh, when the uh, court finally gets a chance to hear it. So, there you go. All right, everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and away we go. All right, we got a lot of stuff to get through, uh, especially in the mailbag. There's a ton of stuff, so stay with us. A couple of announcements relating to the Chicago Pipe Show, and uh, some uh, one more announcement on the JDRF auctions. All right, but for pipe parts, here's what I did uh, a week ago Sunday. I uh, well, actually on Saturday night a week ago, I opened up two brand new tins of tobacco. I specifically did not pick out my favorite standby tobacco all right i picked out two others that i really like both virginia periques uh both flakes and i ran them through the uh ran let them dry out a little bit on saturday evening ran them through the coffee grinder 
to break up the flakes. And the reason I did this was to see if I can tell a difference between a, uh, uh, the speed of a uh, tobacco when, it, when I'm smoking it and it's broken up really well or just kind of rubbed out. Um, but I, I busted them up, let them dry down a little bit, got them to the moisture that I liked primarily. And on Sunday morning, again, that's uh, nine days ago, I started smoking exclusively those two tins of tobacco. Uh, one a light Virginia Perique and one a medium Virginia Perique. Uh, the reason I wanted to do this was to see, say, all right, I'm going to be home for seven days working from home. I'm going to have the opportunity to smoke my pipe as frequently as I want. How much tobacco am I really consuming? I'm interested in this because I want to see exactly how much tobacco I need for my cellar and how soon, I, you know, how quickly I'm consuming it, how deep is my cellar really is, and get a real good handle on how much tobacco do I need to have to last me 20 to 25 years. So I started out on these two tobaccos, did not change the way I smoke Uh yeah, slightly altered it because the uh, because the tobaccos, the flakes were really broken up really well. I didn't change the types of pipes that I used. I didn't change the frequency at all. Uh, guess what? I smoke a lot more than I thought I did. Uh, by Saturday morning, I was completely out of my favorite. To, uh, out of those two tins of tobacco. So that's 150 grams in about six days. Uh, I calculated that after adding to the after adding to them, by the time I got done with Saturday night, I smoked about 158 grams of pipe tobacco. Uh, I also was keeping track of the amount of pipe cleaners I was using. Uh, and I, And it's very simple for me. Unless there's something that really went wrong with a bowl, uh, I use one pipe cleaner during the smoke, and then I use one pipe cleaner afterwards to clean out the pipe. So there's an average of two per. Uh, if you look at 158 grams spread out over seven days, yeah, that's that's not a that's six bowls a day, on average. It's about six bowls a day. Now some of my pipes are bigger, some are smaller, so six pipes a day. Um, if you calculate that, now I need 12 pipe cleaners per day. We're at a pack of 75 pipe cleaners a week, and I need about 150 grams of pipe tobacco per week. 150 grams, that's if I stay at this, uh, at this uh, current smoking rate. Um, 150 grams average all right we're talking now 600 and uh 660 grams of pipe tobacco every month uh 660 grams of pipe tobacco every month is that's right about a pound 1.2 pounds so now i know the number of tobacco the amount of tobacco that i need to really get me through um now what's funny is and the reason i did it for this week when i was at home was like this week coming up, tomorrow, when I leave for Chicago, 
because of non-smoking hotel rooms, non-smoking rental cars, uh, non-smoking exhibit halls and stuff like that, I will actually smoke less even though I'm going to a pipe show. Uh, I'm not going to keep track of it because I got too much going on. But the next step of this experiment is the next full seven-day week that I have at home, I'm going to sit down with my favorite tobacco. Not alter it, not grind it or do anything to it. I'm going to sit down with my favorite tobacco and see, all right, exactly how much exactly how much tobacco am I smoking of that if I smoke that purely in a week. Uh, the other thing that was interesting for me was, again, I stopped. I didn't use my favorite tobacco. So I got seven days to kind of clear my system of my favorite tobacco. When I got back to it, boy, did it taste a little bit sweeter. It was a little bit sweeter, a little bit smoother. It was like coming home. Uh, so it kind of gave me a chance to uh, break away from that. All right. Uh, again, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll update you. It'll be another uh, couple of weeks, uh, maybe six, eight weeks before I get a chance to have seven straight days at home where I can smoke my favorite and give a true comparison to it. Uh, but again, you know, start thinking about how much are you smoking? How much do you need? Uh, how much do you need, even if you're just aging tobaccos, how much do you need currently to try to get two years worth of age on your inventory? Just some thoughts. All right, in just a minute, Phil will be on the phone with us. This is Internet Radio. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening, We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes autumn evening so well loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is a uh, pipe maker who I got to I got to tell you the the pipes are distinctive, and that is somewhat rare in my opinion. Uh, but please welcome. Philip Rivara, pipe maker extraordinaire to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Phil, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good afternoon. All right, so let's get to know you. Where did where did you grow up? Where are you from? Uh, what did you do when you wanted to grow up, and what did you end up doing? Um, that's kind of a long story, but uh, try to make it as succinct as possible. Uh, I was born in Turlock. Uh, Mom had intentions of migrating to Alaska, you know, right after the earthquake. But I uh, ended up growing up until the age of four on my grandfather's dairy in Crow's Landing, California, uh, south of Patterson. Um, from there, I moved to Ceres, Modesto, and eventually my mom remarried, moved to Crescent City. 
and I spent uh, several years growing up there during my teenage years. That's why I say that's where I'm from, but I live in Sacramento, California right now. Um, never knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew that adventure pirates and all that intrigued me, so uh, <laughs> at the uh, ripe old age of 19, which is old for enlistment, I guess, uh, I joined the United States Navy and uh, traveled around. What year did you go into the Navy? I joined the Navy in October of 84. So, so where, uh, not much was going on at that point, was it? No, that was Cold War era. Um, I joined to be a jet engine mechanic on the buddy program, and I was in A school on my happy way to studying jet engine mechanics. And uh, for some reason, my Filipino buddy that joined with me <laughs> got put in a seaman apprenticeship program, which, if you don't know, means deck side topside on the deck and uh, chipping paint, pulling chains and ropes. Uh-oh. So he went and complained to the uh, base commander. Next thing I know, we're both standing in front of the desk and saluting, and uh, we're both seamen apprentice. So I ended up <laughs> going <laughs> to Diego Garcia in the middle of the Indian Ocean yeah. for my yeah, for my first year. And uh, I spent my whole time there as a postal clerk, uh, working on the flight line, loading, unloading C-141, C-5s, uh, helos, and uh, occasionally a B-52. <laughs> now, is, I get, wait, is Diego Garcia, is that where the secret CIA prison is that we don't know about? I, I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> okay, never mind, never mind. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, no, Russia, I mean, if you're listening. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it's just a strategic point, and there's been rumors about uh, going into Australia now, and we have last few years a U.S. Africom base, but uh, Diego still remains uh, strategic enough that they've kept it. It's a British Indian Ocean territory. Had to be a had to be a beautiful spot if you got some beach time in. We had nothing but beach time. It was uh, six miles across the lagoon, 12 miles down. No, I think I got that wrong. I think it's six miles down the lagoon and two miles across the lagoon. And uh, shaped like a horseshoe, widest point of land was uh, less than a quarter mile. Oh. <laughs> and uh, not a lot of women there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so you've seen the cartoons of the guy on the island with one coconut tree that that's kind of where i was <laughs> so so was that where you started smoking a pipe or when did pipe smoking come into your life yeah uh, pipe smoking came in later um i got out of active duty in 87 and probably about 89 while i was in the reserves uh, i decided i was gonna smoke a pipe because i had always grown up around my grandfather and seen him smoking his K. Woody or Graybell and uh, <laughs> Prince Albert. So uh, I went to Thrifty's drugstore and I grabbed out a Dr. Graybell 
because they had the cool state on the side. And uh, my younger brother, who was in the Air Force at that time, uh, recommended cherry tobacco. <laughs> so I got a big one-pound bag of cherry tobacco, and uh, that that didn't go well. <laughs> but wait, this is you know this is like throwback time for me being a California raised kid. When you went to Thrifties, did you also get a scoop of uh, some ice cream? Oh yeah, um, shoot, uh, was it Thrifties, Longstrugs, uh, back from the well late sixties to seventies up to the eighties, early eighties, mid eighties. Go in there and get your uh, perfectly centered cylindrical uh, <laughs> plugs of ice cream. <laughs> yeah, and like a like a double scoop was like twenty five cents or thirty cents. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all right, so we we I'm gonna guess that the K Woody and the cherry tobacco didn't go so well. No, and I, I don't think it was so much the K Woody or the Graybell, whatever it was. It was the uh, cherry tobacco. I my assumption I was I wasn't packing it hard enough or sucking on it hard enough. <laughs> but, yeah, that that didn't last long and uh it wasn't until oh I was I've done so many things in my life up to this point, uh it, my resume would look like a who's who of uh, BS. But uh <laughs> I had a friend a few years ago while I was working as a machinist in a automotive machine shop say I'd like one of those Gandalf pipes and I was like what the uh, Lord of the Rings you mean the long ones he said yeah that'd be so cool so I was like I'll make you one next question was do you know how to make it I was like how hard can it be you know so (laughs) I spent six months or more literally cramming everything I could with no idea how I was going to make it or get the materials to do it. But uh, So I made him one, uh, ordered some prefabricated uh, vulcanite stems and uh, dug up a 40-year-old uh, root ball of bottle brush from my friend's yard and made him one out of bottle brush. <laughs> Believe it or not, is harder than Briar. <laughs> and and did he smoke it? He does. He still smokes it. <laughs> wow. So then we. So when do we get seriously into uh, into pipe making? Um. While I was working in the uh, machine shop, uh, I had an incident. I got up in the morning. To use the restroom or something, and I went blam to the floor. And I was like, "What the heck's going on?" And I got up, blam to the floor again, and uh, went out to the VA. Found out I had a tumor and uh, cut my ear off my head. Removed the tumor, saved my life. Six months later, did it again just to follow up. And uh, I had been planning to join the uh, Merchant Marine. Had my twit card and everything, and. Uh, that's kind of threw that out the window. So that's when I decided to, hey, I'm just going to do the pipes and see what happens. Wow. So, so happily you're alive, and then you decide pipe making is going to be it for you. Yeah. And 
as far as uh, getting noticed, I, I wasn't into Facebook or YouTube. I've been on YouTube forever, but uh, as a lurker, they say. Uh, but at my daughter's urging, I got on Facebook and started doing some YouTube videos, and it kind of snowballed from there. Uh, I mean, didn't happen overnight, but I have a lot of uh, very, very nice people out there, and if you're all listening, I have to thank you because I wouldn't be sitting here right now if it wasn't for them. Plug your, uh, what's your YouTube channel's name, and uh, and what's your Etsy site? Uh, Etsy site is PR Pipes and Sticks, because uh, I make canes also. I have other projects down the line I'm thinking about, but uh, so far it's uh, Pipes and Canes. Um, YouTube channel is... Philip 66, but it still comes up as Philip Rivara. Uh, <laughs> Instagram, I mean, pretty much you can just Google my name and it shows everything. All right, so when you when you decided that you were going to start really making pipes, did you did you watch a bunch of videos and and really start to learn the uh, the the details of pipes? There weren't a whole lot of videos back then um talking what seven years ago um i i think i got um, a lot of you know as far as being able to watch a video and see what someone's doing whether it was right or wrong it got me going in the right direction but uh guy over in uh denmark or norway somewhere over there uh flieger 671 who's no longer around but uh watched his stuff and he did some nice stuff so uh that kind of got me thinking but it's still trial and error i don't do things the way a lot of other guys do i transfer between a lot of different equipment in my 20 by 60 work triangle but still maintain some uh pretty tight tolerances wow so you you've got yourself a fairly good uh a fairly good sized workspace, but I guess you'd yeah. need that for the walking sticks, especially if you're doing a single piece. Yes, uh, a lot of most of my canes. I've only done one that is, you know, over a 36 inch piece and required more. But uh, I have a 1940s Monarch lathe that's uh, 18 inch swing and about very nearly a six foot bed on it so that helps all right that's also what i do the pipe shanks and then the uh, shank caps on so i go from something that looks appropriate on it to something that looks totally ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) and and because you've got a playful spirit you uh, might goof around with it a little bit yeah i do (laughs) <laughs> I, I take what I do seriously. I don't take myself too seriously, though. <laughs> you, you you could host a uh, Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a perfect place to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about your pipe style and some of the different shapes you've done. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Meet Josh. 
Everyone at SmokingPipes.com holds customers as a high priority, but nobody interacts with them more personally than Josh. He's our professor of pipes, if you will. As a previous professor of history, educating the customer comes easily to him. He loves explaining the history of a particular pipe to a customer or coaching his customer service team. I love to help customers find that perfect piece for their collection. It's my job to make sure there's a smile on the other end of the line, and I'm more than happy to be the one to put it there. And although Josh's job can sometimes be quite demanding, he doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why? Because I don't just sell pipes, I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345. That's 1-888-366-0345. Or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. almost forgot the name of the thing. Uh, visiting with Phil Rivara. So, Phil, when you, I'm looking at some of your pipes online, and the first thing that strikes me is that you've just got this long, kind of an elongated, elegant style. Um, it looks like some of your pipes might be a little, a little longer, a little narrower than what we're traditionally seeing, and... I'm just kind of wondering where, any idea where the style came from? Um, I, I do like the Danish look influence. I'm not talking about the free hands. I'm talking about the interpretation of the traditional shapes. Um, as far as where my influence comes from, um, I, I don't know why. I think I said earlier that I've looked at so many pipes for so many hours. Uh, it it kind of gets into photography. Um, in photography, you have the rule of thirds as far as balance. And if you find something that's aesthetically pleasing to you, it, you, it usually falls within that rule. Um, I, I do like to sweep the heels and kind of stretch out lines a little bit. So I... It, for me, that's just what feels right. I, I don't know if I can pinpoint any one or any multiple style that has uh, influenced me. All I can say is I know what I like. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely distinctive. Um, you do, And you do some acrylic pipes that look like they're I'm guessing it's a briar inserted bowl on an on an acrylic calabash yeah um and that uh, I actually had some feedback on those uh some people loved them there were quite a few people that just totally hated them and then uh you know six months whatever down the road they're like these are kind of growing on me and my thing wasn't to reinvent the wheel. The classics are classics for a reason. Um, but I didn't have five years to grow gourds <laughs> and hope that 1% of 1% worked and then spend all the time wrapping them in pantyhose and staking them to get them to grow in the proper shape. So I'm like, basically, this is a funnel. So I'm like, well, shoot, I've got acrylic rod here. So... <laughs> kind of went with it oh so that's a so that's a solid piece of rod that you hollowed out 
Yeah, I've machined it and drilled it, and then uh, I'm not going to say how I bend it without collapsing the airway because that would just make it too easy for everybody that wants to do it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's okay. Nobody's listening anyway. But uh, So does that mean, it, does the pipe itself, is it lighter than if it were a gourd, or does it have a little more weight to it? Um, depending on the acrylic and the translucence of it, um, I may go with a slightly thicker wall or a thinner wall. Um, so they could be roughly the same weight by the time you put a Meerschaum cup on it. Or they could be a little bit heavier, but they're 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 not even close to the Peterson weights. <laughs> and they've got to be super easy to keep clean versus a gourd, because that's just acrylic. So you could really just kind of rinse it out, I guess. Yeah, I like to call them dishwasher safe, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are bonding agents on the metalwork on them. Uh, I try to keep somewhat with tradition as far as the shaping and. You know, as much as you can with a natural product, using an artificial product, I might say. But uh, I still cork the rims. Cork is pretty durable. Um, so aside from that, uh, I, I try I try to keep it as traditional as possible, but using different materials, updating it, let's say. Yeah, so if you get one, don't put it in the dishwasher, but just know that you can put a pipe cleaner in there and you can swab it out with a wet towel without worrying about hurting it. Yeah, yeah. You could probably hold it up to the faucet and run it through. <laughs> can you make it, can you make the acrylic so thin that it's that it's almost see through? Yeah, the depending on the manufacturer, um there are some of that are really quite translucent. Um I've, I've actually thought about doing it in clear, just, you know, because it'd be kind of cool to see the mechanics of what's going on inside. But that would be a polishing nightmare. <laughs> Not for the owner, but for you. Yeah, <laughs> for me. Yeah. You could possibly, uh, you know, flame it. And uh, but the problem with the flaming acrylics is if any alcohol comes into contact with it, it crazes like a broken windshield. Yeah, don't do that. Um, <laughs> on the traditional pipes, is there a pipe shape that you that you really like doing more than others? Um, I, I like the challenge, but as far as uh, aesthetically, what I like. I like the old school Canadians, um, like uh, Mastercraft, um, K. Woody's, uh, even pre K. Woody. I have quite a few pre K. Woody's, but the Canadians and the Lovitz are just, for me, comfortable. I like those. And on the opposite side, is there a pipe shape that you just hate making? Uh, Bulldogs. <laughs> I, I don't know why it's only four facets on a shank. Uh, you know, it's just a 90-degree rotation of a square shank, But uh, and I do hex shanks. I've just done a couple, but uh, I, I just don't enjoy working on bulldogs for some reason. So I don't do more than one or two a year just to say, yeah, I can do it. And uh, 
the rest of the time I, I won't take them as commissions because I feel if I don't enjoy it, the work will suffer, and I don't want that to be the case. And then you use an awful lot of different kinds of colors of stem material, and uh, you use some different stem material. You're not just purely ebonite. Uh, no. Walk walk us through some of your some of your fun stuff. Uh, some of the stuff I really like is uh, black palm, uh, although it is ridiculously difficult to work with. Um, you know, for shank extensions, uh, shank caps almost, but uh, uh, German silver for shank caps, uh, any acrylic for shank cap or a shank wrap almost. Um, I'm getting to the point now where I have to do what I know is right instead of, you know, someone say, hey, can you put this two-ounce medallion challenge coin on the bottom of a poker? I'm kind of trying not to do that stuff, but sometimes you got to pay the bills, so <laughs> I may or may not do it. But uh, I'm trying to get back to what I originally was doing was the uh, smaller, more traditional, lightweight stuff. We're, I'm looking at one of your bent pokers on your website, and the, the website is Rivara Pipes, R-I-V-A-R-A Pipes dot... Weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. Uh, yeah. were, were, were you involved in the, uh, in the birth of the poker craze? I, I wasn't involved in it, but uh, without mentioning any names, because <laughs> <laughs> these are guys I like and respect. I don't always, it's not my thing all the time, but... Uh, I can appreciate the effort and the thought behind it. Um, I I don't like pokers. <laughs> <laughs> I like cherry woods because cherry woods um, are a little more refined, and I like that can't forward that kind of look of motion, if you will. Um, but pokers, I and my pet peeve is. Aside from pipes with upside down stems on eBay or pokers that don't sit, you know. <laughs> but I'm not a huge poker fan. So in in your book, if it's got a slight, if it's got a cant and a little bend to it, it's a cherry wood. If it's just straight up and down and the shank comes straight out, it's a poker. Yeah, yeah. And then the, Only in, and in, the in my view, a cherry wood would. Uh, the shank would be, or the, I'm sorry, the uh, base of the pipe would be, you know, quarter inch, maybe a little more below the bottom of the shank and uh, roughly angled to just below intersecting the line of the uh, bottom of the shank on the front of the bowl. So it goes back to the that uh, proper proportions thing again. Yeah, it... it, it Yes, I say if you could look at things and you start pulling out a ruler and like, why does that look aesthetically pleasing to me? Why does it work? And you start finding that rule of thirds in there, and a lot of times that applies to a lot of the pipes, the the better known pipes. Yes, I'm looking at I'm looking at this cherry wood that you've got on your on your website, and I can see it. The bowl's one third, the shank's a third, and then the stem's another third. And that just makes it 
balance and look perfectly right. Uh, <laughs> the other thing you don't do is you don't coach your bowls, and we haven't talked about bowl coating in a long time, but is that by choice or by nature? Um, I, I, I have two things. Uh, I used to offer people the option of uh, do you want it coated? I'll coat it with uh, charcoal, pure carbon, and uh, honey, which turns to pure carbon if you want. Now I don't. Um, and I just recommend to people that say the customer doesn't feel that maybe something's being hidden. It's right there to see it. If it's off, it's off, which means it's a second. If it's spot on, it's spot on. You can see it. There's no flaws. There's no nothing. Uh, they want advice. I'll tell them just, you know, get some burly or whatever and uh, break in with that. And that means you also have to polish the bowl, the inside of the bowl, a lot uh, smoother than you would if you coated it. I, I don't have to do as much sanding or finishing of the bowl as I used to, um, or as a lot of guys do. Uh, a lot of guys, when they're starting out, or by choice, they use a spoon bit with whatever degree rake cut, how aggressive the cut is. Um, or they'll use a spade bit that's been profiled, and it, you can get a lot of chatter on that, especially if it's too long. Uh, so you'll spend a lot of time sanding, or if you don't care, you don't sand it, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I do, so I, I bought uh, silver denning bits, were basically just half-inch shank, uh, large-diameter drill bits, and profiled them myself. And that gives an almost 400, 600 finish on the tobacco chamber, um, but I still, when I, once I've transferred it to the wood lathe and spin the ball, shape it, I still run through with 400 up to 600 on occasion, but uh, most of my bowls uh, feel like glass. Wow. Uh, speaking of the pipes, where do they start out price-wise, and uh, what's the what's the most expensive pipe you've ever sold? The most expensive I've sold is 450. Uh, when I was starting out, I, I I had a hard time asking for 80 bucks, you know. And I had a lot of experience working with the Chinese, Vietnamese, and the Russians, and uh, labor is free. So, uh, uh, even today, most of my pipes, I know if. if if I, I don't even look at the time or I don't keep an hour tally on what I do. I just do it till it's done the way I want it done and uh, whatever it takes. But most of my pipes are in the 150 to $200 range. Uh, even commissions start around 225 Even if I have to put in some German silver or something, it might bump it up to 250 But... Uh, I, I try to give people the most bang for the buck that they can get. Um, sometimes that's not always possible. It depends on how much work and how much materials are going to be. But uh, I, I try to give the customer the best value I can. How many pipes a year are you making? Oh, not as many as I was when I first started out. <laughs> <laughs> 
depending on my workload and uh, how fatigued I am, um, a, a figure for me to comfortably finish a pipe, you know, knowing that it's done the way I think it should be done, uh, you're probably looking at a minimum of three work days, whatever hours those take. Wow. And what are the, uh, I've never had anybody on the show, or if I did, I, I don't know about it, but uh, the prices on your walking sticks. Yeah. Um, w- well, a lot of that had to do with the FDA, and part of it is because uh, I, I might have balance problems because of the surgery. Um, sometimes depending how fatigued I am, it crashes down on me and I have to have a cane, um, especially in not necessarily confined spaces, but I don't do, I don't walk as well in narrow spaces as I do on a football field, put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think I need it. And there's a lot of guys, especially a lot of vets that need canes and, uh, they don't want to use them out of pride, you know, and I get yeah. that. Um, but, and and part of it is because it looks geriatric, you know, someone sees you and they're like, oh, look at the old dude, you know. So I decided, you know, rather do something, put the same level of attention into some canes that I do is into my pipes, or I try to into my pipes, and, uh, you know, where people look at the cane and say, oh, wow, that's cool, I like that, instead of what's wrong with you. Yeah. Uh, it, it becomes a piece of pride instead of a, uh, instead of yeah, a, a yeah, lunk of metal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and occasionally, you know, uh, I see a vet, I've got a cane with me, and um, see a vet wearing... I've got a brand new aluminum adjuster stick, and I'm. I tell my friend, I said, I here, take the camera. I'm gonna. He said, Well, you're gonna give the stick away, huh? I said, yep, I'm gonna go give this bed a cane. So I, <laughs> I, I give away a lot of stuff every year, but uh, don't tell anybody that. <laughs> if uh, if somebody wanted to order one from you, how much do they cost usually? Uh cheapest I believe is 165 and they can go up depending on the type of wood you use because I use all exotic woods um, Cocobolo is expensive it, it cost me 50 bucks just for a 36 inch piece of Cocobolo so wow yeah, yeah so, so uh, do it uh, do it out of more uh, value conscious wood because 50 bucks a yeah. stick just for the raw wood yeah um, yeah, and don't leave it behind in Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> well, most of my canes, uh, I, I, I'm getting older. My balance sucks, and amongst other things. So, uh, I do think about them as a, you know, should it, the need arise as a uh, defensive weapon. So I design them to function as such. You know. So the smallest diameter I'll use on a stick is uh, three-quarter inch, but typically it's one inch. You know, so if you have to defend yourself, um, 
you don't have to worry about the cane, just worry about accessing your phone and uh, calling 911 for the guy. And uh, if it's a guy, aim for the kneecap and the... Um... Anyway, we'll wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yep. What is your favorite pipe? Mm. Without insulting any of my buddies whose pipes I treasure, and uh, my absolute favorite pipe is uh, Sean Lieber Lovett from probably the 1950s. Wow. What's your favorite tobacco? Uh, hands down, dorky answer, condor long cut. Hey, if it works for you. Um, what's your favorite drink? Favorite drink is dark beers. I actually, I was having a uh, Anger uh, double box while we were talking. Ooh, that sounds hearty. Yeah, I like dark beers. So. <laughs> Uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? This is going dorky again, but I listen to Bollywood Evergreen hits while I'm watching a sci-fi flick. <laughs> okay, you win. Um, <laughs> and then finally, in uh, all your uh, in all your uh, years, do you have a particularly favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about? Um, I, I've heard this on your previous shows, and I actually thought about that. Um, I have quite a few, it, as far as long-term memories, um, definitely I miss my grandfather and following him around the dairy and watching him pull out his little oval tin of, uh, Prince Albert and pack his pipe with one thumb, uh, <laughs> but in the last seven years or so uh, doing this, uh, every time I get feedback from somebody or they put a video up and I see their face when they get the pipe and uh, th- that that makes my day. Makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, it does. Phil, thank you very much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. We'll be back in just a minute. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achille Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. This is Internet Radio. We are back in, uh, hey, I'm using uh, using a pipe cleaner right now. Um, anyway, uh, you know, it always amazes me at how many really, uh, really kind, wonderful, and interesting people there are in this hobby, and Phil's a perfect example of that. 
All right, and because of Phil, because of the uh, because of his picture on Facebook, which I love, got me thinking of Stevie Ray Vaughan. So for tonight's music, this one is called uh, "Going Down," and it was recorded live. But the best part of it is it's Stevie Ray Vaughan in Double Trouble with uh, Jeff Beck. Well, thank you.
that for two guys that really know how to play their fiddles. I mean, Jeff Beck and Stevie Ray Vaughan on the same shot. You've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. In the mailbag, going back to last week with Adam or uh, Click Click or Click 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 Click. Uh, anyway, Casey Ghost writes a very pleasant show. The people you mentioned as famous pipe smokers were indeed that. John Ford will have uh, will have the greatest. Well, he is the greatest director Hollywood ever seen. His The Searchers and The Quiet Man were, in my mind, the best John Wayne movies. I agree, too. Uh, Adam Sheehan was delightful as your guest tonight. He's taken a slightly unusual path to pipe making. New carvers get up to speed so fast these days, it's nice to see someone taking his time with pipes. I wonder what his full-time job is if he has OCDs and can't drive. Uh, the music selection didn't do much for me. <laughs> they write a song with only four words in it. Uh, let's see. It's a small world after all. That's six words. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me just say right now. That sucked. I didn't like it, but I played it. Uh, Brian Canada says, Hello, Brian. Hey, he spells his name right, too. Uh, found your podcast site a few months ago. Started listening from episode one. I'm now up to 50. Skipped ahead to 241 just to hear how things have changed over the years. Love the site. We'll continue to listen and learn. If you're looking for future interviews, I think you should contact Steve Wall at Smoke Rings Pipe Store in Nanaimo, British Columbia. He is a wealth of information on pipes and tobacco. He has been in the pipe business for over 30 years and used to be the West Coast rep for Brigham Pipes in Canada. Very smart guy, well-educated, and well-spoken. Uh, would make a great interview. Keep up the great show, Brian Canada. Hey, your last name is the same as your country. Um, you know, I, yeah, I know Steve. Uh, Steve's a great guy. Would be would be a great uh, would be a great interview, and I'll put him on the list. Uh, regarding some of these uh, tobacconists that you guys would like to hear on the show, they're a little harder to get a hold of. They're sometimes they're a little afraid of stuff like this. They're a little harder to schedule with. It would be wonderful if you all that want to hear them, do me a favor. Reach out to them. Tell them about the show. Tell them how much, uh, how much benefit it would be to them. And then have them email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, and then also, if you're new to the show, uh, listen to the current episodes now. And then as you get time, get caught up on the past ones. Uh, it just makes it, you know, it'll feel fresher, more current for you. Plus, you'll see how good it is now versus, well, who knows how much, but let's say how much better it is now than it was. And Dino says, uh, I really enjoyed the conversation with Adam Sheehan. He was both interesting and amiable. Hope to see him at the Chicago show and you too, of course. I thought bubblegum music had burst long ago. Let me just say that was not my bowl of tobacco. Otherwise, a fun show as usual. Thanks, Dino. Yeah, that was... Um, uh, that was an album that I, an album of Disney music that I did not need to buy. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's also go back to uh, some of the other comments. Uh, Woods Road wrote, uh, "You really, I, I, you really need to work on your post count, Brian. Do you have any opinions on soup, chili, Prince Albert's can, or Easter?" And then uh, Al added in, uh, "Bowl coating conversations are always fun too." Yeah, I don't post that much on the forums uh, for one reason. I, 
you know, I've got this show where I can give my opinions and I'm the leading expert on my opinion. So why do it in writing? Uh, sometimes I do get in there, but I think my post count is, yeah, 64, 65, you know, oh well. A uh, couple of great uh, congratulations for Adam on there and uh, how much they enjoyed the show. And then uh, Beefeater33 said, I laughed out loud when Brian said he was going to visit your table and stick his fingers in your bowls. Yes, I do that. That's one of the measurements of uh, pipes. And I only use clean fingers. But if I can't get my finger in the bowl, the pipe's just not right for me. All right, uh, JDRF Auctions going on right now, ending this Saturday, is uh, the Tom Richard pipe is back. There was an oopsie on it. So it is back. That's the last auction item, and we really need your help to bid that up high and fast and get so we can get over our $1,500 level. Uh, also, the International Lunting Society, and uh, Scott, the head of it, was kind enough to donate one of their t-shirts. Now, here's how it's going to work. Today is the 2nd of May. Between now and the 16th of May, the single largest direct donation to the JDRF will win or get, in addition to being kind and wonderful, you will also get a free International Lunting Society t-shirt and the International Lunning Society is a uh, proponent of going out for long walks with your pipe, which I cannot, uh, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't uh, say any more about it, except, yes, we need to get out there and smoke our pipes. If you would like uh, more information on it, just Google search International Lunting Society, L-U-N-T-I-N-G, at w or www.lunting.org. Hey, you get a membership, you can get a cool t-shirt. Check them out. I appreciate that. And again, right in the show notes for this page, the uh, for this show, there'll be a direct link to the JDRF auctions. Again, we appreciate everything that you all are doing. We just want to hit that $1,500 level. That would be absolutely wonderful. And in just a moment, rant time. sends me a uh, link to an article, and here it is. Uh, According to the Associated Press, the World Health Organization, the WHO, who, yeah, the WHO, uh, says that Japan should ban smoking in all public places if it wants to successfully host the Tokyo Olympics and promote tourism, a senior World Health Organization official said Friday. The rest of the article goes on to list the same old standard blah 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 bull that all the that this you know that that the anti-smokers throw out there, and I'm not going to read it because it's all baloney. What it does say is that you know that they should ban it in all open air public spaces of the Olympics if Japan wants to successfully be it, and Japan's behind the times. Blah 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 blah. Well, basically, what it says to me is it's bullshit. 
It says to me that, you know, we, the World Health Organization, the land of happy do-gooders, is coming to your country, and you need to uh, change the way your country is in order for us to come there and successfully be there. Well, I don't think the Olympics decided to go to Japan to change Japan. No, the Olympics decided to go to Japan to enjoy Japan. Let's not tell the Japanese how they need to live their lives. Oh, and by the way, let's not tell anybody else how they need to live their lives. If you don't like their laws and their rules and their guidelines, then don't frickin' go there. It's that simple. Don't go there and then tell them what before you're coming, hey, you need to change your rules and change your laws. Otherwise, we're going to come and we're going to be pouty-faced. Well, you know what, World Health Organization? Why don't you leave Japan alone? They've got one of the highest longevity uh, populations in the world. They're doing fine. Leave them alone. All right. Uh, if you want to complain, you know, send a letter to the WHO. They won't care anyway because we're all smokers and we like it. Uh Tomorrow I leave for the Chicago Pipe Show. Hope to see a lot of you there. couple of things. One, come by the uh, Pipes and Tobaccos magazine table. We've got little giveaways and we've got some super deals for you. Uh, super deals on, on uh, back issues and some uh, discounted pipes. So be sure and check that out and pick up your free goodie while supplies last. Uh, last year I did some selfies with people that you've seen on the radio show. How about this year we do some selfies with some listeners? So come up to me, grab me, tell me, say hello. We'll do a selfie, post them out. I will try my best to do, uh, some Facebook live stuff, uh, depending on how good the Wi-Fi is in the mega center. And I will try my best to, uh, Hey, post some pictures on my Facebook page. So, Follow the Pipes Magazine radio show on Facebook. Follow me on Facebook. Questions or comments, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. If you can't find me, I'll be the one walking around smoking a pipe outside and walking around inside wishing I was smoking a pipe. Hope to see you all there next week. We'll uh, give you a recap of the entire trip. I want to thank Phil for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time... Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Oh boy, just three more easy payments and that perfectly straight-grained virgin pipe cleaner is all mine.